Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Culture Wars with Jonathan Van Maren. I haven't done an episode of The Culture Wars for a little while. We've been crazy busy working on all sorts of different projects, and uh, I, I upload a lot of different articles and commentary to thebridgehead.ca, so I figured I, I've been covering most of the news as it stands, and I don't need to do this podcast as well. Uh, the last podcast I did was on the, the Canadian federal election just after the Justin Trudeau blackface scandal, which I don't know about you guys, but all of that seems like uh, 50 years ago now, especially as we drag on to, what, week three of self-quarantine, I think. So I just wanted to jump on because I know everybody's at home. People have a bit more time to listen to stuff just to kind of give an update of of, uh, of where I'm at, uh, of where uh, a lot of pro-life work is at, a bit of an update of, of what this, this quarantine has looked like for the pro-life movement and why I think the pro-life movement is going to be so necessary as we come out the other side of this thing. So, first of all, it's, it's difficult to be a, an organization that specializes in pro-life public outreach, uh, especially when we look at the fact that public outreach right now is, is specifically not permitted by the government. All nine Canadian provinces have declared a state of emergency. The same is true uh, more or less state by state now in the United States. And so th our main forms of activism, um, I work for the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform. For those of you who don't know, you can check us out at endthekilling.ca. Our main forms of activism are obviously restricted at the moment, but we are able to do a lot of really effective outreach through, for example, our truth trucks, which are five-ton trucks that uh, show what abortion looks like on the sides. So we can keep on showing people what the reality of, of abortion is through that method. And that's really important to keep on doing during this time. Uh, one of the reasons I think that's so important is a lot of people talk about the, the coronavirus baby boom. There's a lot of jokes being made about the fact that a lot of people are probably going to wind up pregnant as a result of staying behind closed doors for so long with nothing to do. And that we're going to be seeing a lot of babies nine months from now. But uh, one of the things that has to be mentioned, and it's it's too bad that I have to bring this up, but uh, from my perspective as, as the commons director for a pro-life organization, this is just true. A lot of unwanted pregnancies are going to occur as well, in all likelihood, at least if the theory of a coronavirus baby boom is correct. And a lot of people aren't going to want those babies, and therefore we are also likely to see uh, the number of abortion appointments that are booked spike dramatically, and it is the job of the pro-life movement to find creative ways to get in between the abortion clinics and those babies. So it's really important for us to be utilizing every possible method at our disposal while following all of the appropriate laws and directives to contain this pandemic to still and show people the truth about abortion in this time where it's very likely that a lot of people are going to be experiencing unwanted pregnancies and as a result are going to be seeking abortion. So it's a bit of a bit of a perspective for pro-life people. Uh, it's, it's been really sad and disgusting. I wish I could say surprising, but it really isn't that, you know, the global economy has ground to a halt. Some of the world's most powerful nations uh, are ceasing all activities. Churches are shut down. Entire industries are shut down. Streets are quiet. You know, the grocery stores have empty shelves. It's just bizarre. The images that uh, we've seen have just been surreal. And some of the things that we're experiencing, if you told us we were, we were going through these things six months ago, we would have said, you're nuts. That's crazy. But now these things are, are, are happening. And yet, in, in spite of all of this, the abortion clinics remain open. So in Canada, all nine provinces uh, and territories have confirmed that abortion is considered an essential service. So uh, physically shredding, suctioning, 
pulling apart the body of a preborn child is considered an essential service in this country. And so nobody can go to church and pray together. Uh, you, there's so many different things that you can't do. But if it comes to killing babies, if it comes to killing babies, no, then uh, then that's an essential service. Pulling the uh, the limbs off the body of a tiny child. That's that's a necessary thing that we have to be doing. And, and the, the the reasons it's 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 so repulsive when you when you start to really take a look at the language that abortion activists use to defend what they do, they say things like abortion is is an essential service because it's time sensitive. It's time sensitive. Now, what do you think they mean by that, right? Well, the reason that abortion is time sensitive is because if you wait too long, a living baby girl or a living baby boy is born, and we can't have that, can we? Right? That's why. That's why. Abortion is considered a time-sensitive service because they want to kill the baby before the baby's born. I'm, I'm, this is, I have to say, it's, it's really jarred me. Uh, not, I'm not surprised, but at the same time, when you see a pandemic like this, and anybody uh, from any religious background can agree that things like this do constitute a judgment from God. And then when you look at the fact that churches are shut down and you've got New York Mayor Bill de Blasio uh, who's one of the, the worst politicians in the United States of America, uh, saying that, that synagogues and churches that, that don't conform to his order to shut down could be shut down by law and then shut down permanently, as if he can make that call, as if he can shut down churches forever because they're, they're, they're disobeying his, his pandemic guidelines. I'm not suggesting that we don't uh, uh, follow the, the, the guidelines to curb the pandemic put out by the government, my own church. Um, is is streaming their services online every Sunday, and, and I've been calling in with my family, but we can't attend church, so I'm not saying that, that churches should not obey the government. What I'm saying is that you've got people like Bill de Blasio, who I bet are more than happy, um, are more than happy to shut down churches, and these same people, right, these same people, people like Bill de Blasio, who think that churches should, should get shut down because they're not an essential service, they're the ones that are keeping the uh, abortion industry that kills babies throughout all nine months of pregnancy, open and roaring. That's a time-sensitive service, right? You can't get together with your pastor and pray, but you definitely should be able to behead your second trimester baby in the womb in a time-sensitive manner, because otherwise the baby will be crowning before you know it, right? This is just, it's just unbelievably repulsive, and it's just a sickening sign of the extent to which our culture is so unbelievably committed to the destruction of preborn children in the womb. And it's really quite terrifying because when you see these clinics open for business, when you see Planned Parenthood saying, not even a global pandemic, right? Not even a pandemic that's shutting down countries right around the world. Not even that can stop us from killing your baby. Show up. Show up. We'll be there. We know you need us, right? We know you need us, America. We know you need us, Canada. We'll be here to kill your baby no matter what happens. There was one Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood Keystone, that actually put out a call for PPE or personal protective device. Like they actually are asking for masks and gloves, personal protective devices. Like people are people need these right now in the medical industry desperately, right? They're talking about massive shortages of everything that they need to respond to the pandemic. And then you've got a, a Planned Parenthood clinic that's putting out a call and asking, hey, can you divert some of those resources over here? Right? Um, can we take some of the the, the personal protective gear? For those working to save lives and instead, hey, could you send this over to those of us who are who are performing abortions? Because those of us ending lives also need to protect ourselves while we're shedding blood. 
And let, 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 let's face it, this is what it is, right? Some of you listening might be like, well, that's kind of harsh, right? Why do you have to say, why do you have to say beheading a baby? Well, it's because what they're doing, uh, go online, watch an abortion video, right? They're actually, like, in some cases, twisting the heads off babies. In other instances, they're crushing the skull. There's abortionists who say when you see a white fluid uh, drain out of the cervix, you know that the abortion is complete because you've successfully crushed the skull and the brains have run out. This is what's actually happening. So let's not let's not kid ourselves about what's going on during this pandemic. And let's not let's not kid ourselves at the abortion industry, you know, open and roaring and doing what it's doing. Like, let's not kid ourselves. that This is shaking a fist at heaven. Right. We can shut down everything. We can shut down churches. We can close down businesses. But Molech must not go hungry. Right. That that we have to keep on doing that. We have to keep on going uh, right to the very, very bitter end. Abortions must go on. Now, the pro-life movement has been doing a, a pretty good job of taking advantage of this, uh, of, of, this, of this pandemic by highlighting the fact that abortion isn't an essential service. Now, we, of course, know that abortion is not an essential service. We know that women do not need abortions to address whatever medical concerns they might have. That's a lie utilized by the, uh, the, the pro-choice movement to claim that what they do is somehow important and essential. Pregnancy isn't a disease. Abortion isn't a medical treatment. It's a procedure that ends the life of a developing human being. And you've got groups like uh, Created Equal that have been working very hard uh, lobbying different state-level governments to get abortion services canceled. Uh, Created Equal is run by my friend Mark Harrington. Uh, it's based out of Columbus, Ohio. I've dropped by and visited their office before. Uh, my friend uh, Seth Dreyer runs their internships down there. And uh, they've been lobbying the government, uh, the, the state-level governments, to get abortions banned. So in Ohio, the governor declared that all elective abortions needed to be shut down. Um, there's a bunch of clinics that are currently disobeying the, the governor, but the executive order was released last week. The same thing is true in Texas. Um, some abortion facilities are keeping their doors open. Uh, in Texas and are insisting that they're going to continue to provide abortions no matter what, but they have been specifically ordered to close their doors. They're now suing the government to claim that their uh, work is essential and time sensitive. But just to give you a rundown of what it looks like in the United States, eight states have actually ordered abortions to stop so far. Um, and surgical abortions have been specifically ordered to, ta uh, to stop so far in Ohio, uh, in Texas, in Missouri, Tennessee, Kentucky, Oklahoma, and Iowa, uh, so they we we we've, we've seen a uh, well we've seen the governor's order of surgical abortions to stop there, um, and there's uh, quite a few uh, quite a number of other states where non-essential surgeries have been banned, but abortions have been carried on, uh, and a bunch of the states they've actually ordered all non-essential services uh, stopped. But a bunch of governors have, uh, have actually carved out specific exceptions for abortion, including Minnesota, Massachusetts, uh, Washington, Illinois, New Jersey, California, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Virginia, and I, this one I actually heard, Alabama. I'm actually surprised that they didn't um, go ahead and, uh, and restrict abortions. Uh, Governor Ken Stitt is the latest, uh, latest one here. He stated that all abortions would be prohibited in Oklahoma under the state's banner on elective surgery. He announced this on Friday, and uh, he specifically amended his executive order to highlight abortion and said that the abortion ban will be in effect until April 7, at which point he can extend it if it's seen as necessary. So you've got pro-life organizations that are lobbying the state legislatures and the governments to shut down abortions during this time as non-essential services, because as I mentioned earlier, you do have abortion clinics like Planned Parenthood Keystone, 
that are calling on people to donate much-needed personal protective equipment, PPE, to them uh, rather than giving it to people who are working to save lives, which is really just disgusting. But the killing must go on at all costs, right? That's the motto of this industry. And what we're seeing is that the abortion industry is pushing back by launching lawsuits. It's kind of interesting. You really get an idea of how committed our culture is to killing babies in these circumstances. At the same time, you realize that, especially in the United States, there's such a divide over this issue. And it really does look to me like you know, it's the forces of darkness and light, those who will do anything to stop babies from being killed and those who will do anything to keep on killing babies. And in moments like this where you know it's a pandemic shutting everything down, it really is a clarifying moment for all of us to stop and think about what all this means because it's it's quite terrifying what what the what the pro-life movement is is up against and it's it's really important that during this time we do everything we can to reach out to people on social media which is the new public square especially when people are stuck inside when when uh, the abortion industry is fighting to ensure that their services remain open to people who find themselves pregnant during this time and so here in Canada, right, abortion has been declared an essential service everywhere. I do wonder how some of these pro-life politicians sleep at night when they do have the power to actually uh, call off these services but aren't doing so and are willing to essentially admit that abortions are an essential service. I just I find that to be to be a, to be a pretty terrifying situation to be in, uh, to be honest. So. Yeah, in the United States, you're seeing the the abortion industry shut down in some states, fighting to stay open in other states, and declared essential in a third grouping of states. Uh, in Canada, the open uh, the abortion industry is open everywhere, and and pro life organizations like the Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform, which you can check out at endthekilling.ca, is working to creatively reach people in whatever way they can. I would encourage any of you listening to head over to our. Social media, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Share our material. Help it get it into social media feeds so that we can reach people. We really want to make sure uh, that people who are considering an abortion during this time are confronted with pro-life information, given something to think about. We have had instances at CCBR. We had one instance. I'll give you one example just to encourage you to, to really get active on social media. A girl who was on her way to the abortion clinic. This was in British Columbia. And somebody had shared a, a pro-life meme with a, with a powerful quote that, that really highlighted what abortion actually is. She was just scrolling through her phone on the way to the clinic. She read that quote, and she turned around. She canceled the abortion. So keep in mind, tons of people are online right now during this period. A lot of people are online. A lot of people are on social media. And I really want to encourage uh, all of you to to do what you can to, to, to impact people's view on this issue because it's going to be more and more essential in the days ahead. And so we've got, we're working on some resources during this time when a lot of us are working from home. We're, we're, we're hard at work. In fact, I'm putting in more hours now sometimes than we would be on the streets because uh, we're really trying to use this time to get out some essential and important resources for the whole pro-life movement. So we're going to be announcing some, some really important books and resources that are coming out in the coming months that are being worked on during this period. Um, we, as pro-life organizations, need to be creative and efficient uh, during times when we're, when we're stuck behind closed doors because it is our mandate and our duty to find ways to reach out to people who are considering an abortion, to dissuade them, and to contribute to the building of a pro-life culture even when everything else has ground to a halt. And so that's what we'll be working on. I'd be interested in hearing from any of you guys. If you re- re- Just write in the comments what, what you're up to. Uh, we're working from home, and uh, I just ducked into the studio here to record an interview, which will be coming out later this week. 
uh, and then just to jump on here for a minute and uh, and record a, a very short episode on what's going on in the pro-life movement during this time. You can go to thebridgehead.ca where I've been posting weekly updates about what what's been going on in the pro-life movement around the world as a result of the lockdown. I talked to my friends at Created Equal, at Pro-Life Europe, at the Susan B. Anthony list, uh, just to kind of see uh, the sort of creative ways that they are addressing um, not, not just the pandemic, but the creative ways they're finding to, to reach out to women during this time, especially when so many women are online. And, and they've come up with some really cool ideas. I talked to, to my friend Elise from uh, Romania, Students for Life as well. They're doing some really cool things. CCBR is also offering, we're offering webinars. We're running a, a, a online church series to help equip people during this period. So there's a lot of really cool things happening still. Uh, I'm really pleased that the pro-life movement has managed to reorient its resources so effectively during this time. And so, yeah, check those out. Go to endthekilling.ca. Go to thebridgehead.ca. Please follow us on social media and share our stuff. Uh, get get pro-life messaging into people's feeds so that they can see what's going on and that so they can start spreading that message far and wide because a lot of people need to interact with the pro-life message, especially during this time. So again, thanks so much for, for jumping on. Uh, I'll be jumping on again next week because uh, I know a lot of people are at home and they've got more time to listen. So I'll be giving you guys an update next week. Thanks so much for listening this week. And I hope you guys don't go stir crazy at home. And I hope you and your loved ones are staying safe. Thanks so much. Bye.